All right, welcome back to the Random Tangent. We have Paige Lackey still in the house. Welcome, Paige. <laughs> hello, Parker. Hello. So we've been chatting off uh, line about spirituality and spirit guides. Why don't we just pick up where we left off mm-hmm. with spirit guides? What um, What's your take on them, and um, how do you perceive spirit guides, Paige? Well, what I was just telling Parker is that I used to think we all each individually had our own spirit guide, which was like an energy that agreed to work with us while we were incarnating as a human and kind of knew the bigger outline of our life and what our soul wanted to achieve while being incarnated as a human. And they'd kind of be behind the scenes and guiding us along our way. And I would think of them as this individual guide that was with us and never changed. And then after this one conversation, this woman kind of woke me up to this other way of viewing guides. Is like our guide is just a future version of ourselves or another version of ourselves that's lived a different experience that is appearing to us in the way that it needs to appear for us to better understand. And, mm. and like whatever level we're at, that guide or a guide, uh, us, like I really believe that we are our guides Mm. just yeah I've heard of something similar happening in dream space where you're like needing some assistance and the face that's shown to you is somebody who you view as an assistant Mm. somebody who you resonate with as helpful and I've also heard something extremely similar in the process of dying Um, where people who have near-death experiences and then come back, they talk about the people who are at the entrance on the other side as being people who you you resonate with as being familial or helpful in some fashion. You know, imagine it being your aunts and your uncles and your grandma and mom and brothers and family friends and stuff, everybody who you'd feel very secure with and helpful. So... It's it's interesting too because if you do take one step back and talk about how we're all one and it's all this like greater consciousness as well that it's really ourselves helping ourselves in these different aspects mm-hmm. like basically fractaling into these different mm-hmm. like ways to make ourselves more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It kind of goes back to the analogy I just thought about it from what we heard and talked about this morning and the concept you came up with it's like we are the ocean but we're we're being bottled up in these different bottles thinking we're separate when we're all the same internally and it's like kind of a similar way of how you could view guides and like other other energies is like we think we're separate from these other energies but in actuality it's like we're just experience we're having a different experience when we're really the same at the core like, have you heard of the egg theory? What's that? It's like, um, the, it's this big popular thing on, on YouTube. There's a video and then there's also just a little blurb that you can read. And it's like, he walks you through of, oh, you just died and you're talking to God. And you're thinking like, oh, you had a family, a kid, an identity, and you were separate from God and blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, you are me and this is all you. And every single person that you're interacting with every single day is you. Like, I am you, you are right. me. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the uh, Ram Das line, everybody you meet is God and drag. Yeah, I love that. 
I mean, I've heard that one, but it's been a minute, and that's genius. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you come, I think one of the first steps in this self-realization, you know, because when you say, like, I am God and you are God and we're all God, a lot of people roll their eyes, and I understandably can see why. But the <laughs> I'm first, my eyes. The first <laughs> step that I've taken is at least seeing others as equal um, and then you know taking that a step further and seeing others as god and drag right that then you know it starts with compassion and empathy of you know compassion for your fellow man treating others as you wish to be treated and that then that evolves into like seeing the buddha within everybody else or seeing god within everybody else Mm -hmm. And in that way, then you start bowing to the Buddha within everybody else. And of course, your selflessness is going to go up because you're starting to see the world through the light of, oh, we're all the same Mm -hmm. ocean water in different bottles. And you're basically bowing to yourself at that point. Um, And so, you know, the treat others as you wish to be treated is very literal Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, At least for me, that's been the train of thought. And then that yeah sort of extrapolates directly out into the you know if god is within everybody then and and i'm within everybody too then you know Mm -hmm. the algebra there puts you know you and god on the same footing um not being that like your current state of consciousness within a very small vessel Mm -hmm. is equal to an all-seeing omnipresent type of being but that Mm -hmm. like it seems like that's the mental trajectory that we're all on. And it seems that the different like levels of consciousness that different people are within is somewhere on that path. And I think like what's interesting to me is how you can temporarily with psychedelics or breath work, pranayama, um, launch your current status up to a level that you haven't really earned temporarily. Right, that for five hours, all of a sudden, you're at a shamanic level of understanding because you've ingested some plant medicine or what have you, and that you can then be like, oh, okay, that to me personally has been like, oh, that's how people can put like a flag way out at the shamanic level and then come back to sobriety and still kind of be able to see the flag off in the distance, like, okay, that's where I'm headed. That's Mm -hmm. where my level of consciousness can go Mm. and how do I get from A to B? And so Mm -hmm. for me, my process has been Mm. putting a few flags out there through experiences like that and then coming back and being like, okay, what am I doing in my day to day? And is it helping me get from A to B Mm. or are these detours or is this making me go backwards? Mm. Right. And just eliminating anything that's backwards, mitigating anything that's a detour that might need to happen and at least trying to push forward towards that, you know, nature of open-heartedness, open-mindedness, mm-hmm. connectedness, mm-hmm. connectedness to nature, myself, others, all the things that you sense when you're in a psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. And that that's integration for me. And that's, I think, where a lot of people miss out. So mm-hmm. that was a lot. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of like how I look at it is mm-hmm. moving from just... Um, Close-minded. I'm my own little bottle of ocean water, and everyone else is their own separate things. To having mile markers out there, and moving towards mm-hmm. that we're all one, and here's how we how we walk that mm-hmm. walk. Yeah. 
I love that analogy of like you take a psychedelic or you have an experience and you can put a flag there and make that a marker of like when you're back to reality and it wears off it's like oh that's how far I can go oh that's like the truth of everything like oh I'm experiencing this at this level and I'm back but ooh, I want to get back there that's smart. Yeah, it's it's similar to like how MDMA therapy works, right? It's like people who can't open their hearts need to take MDMA in a, you know, obviously a safe setting with a doctor if possible that forces their heart to open to a degree where they're allowed to have emotions and they can process those things. But that then in the following weeks and months, they still need to be able to remember that feeling that that opening so that they can do it on their own because we all have these latent abilities. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of getting good at it, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you find yourself being close hearted or close minded, you know, and you've had a psychedelic experience, whether it's with one substance or another that you can call on that feeling of opening, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to do it sober. And I think for me, that's kind of the next phase is it's like, it's one thing to go through a phase of experimentation with psychedelics in order to sense those sensations. And then for me, the next step is to utilize the memories alone and be able to implement the skills of being able to open one's mind, heart, etc. Um, in the day-to-day as a sober human in the workforce, et cetera, or mm-hmm. whatever you're doing life, you know, being a mom or dad or brother mm-hmm. or sister, even a friend. And so for me, it's the integration part. It's the application part and, um, remembering that because we're very amnesic. Like we forget fast mm-hmm. and that's why having the flagpole out there is important. And that's why, remembering it and having it be like kind of in your mind's eye Mm -hmm. in a regular ongoing way. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just where meditation comes in as super helpful because Mm -hmm. if you sit and you meditate, you're constantly bringing, you know, Mm -hmm. your awareness back to center, back to your body, back to witnessing the breath, back to the present moment. And it's that same sort of like pullback that, once strengthened allows one to do that in the throes of a day-to-day experience and then um if you pull back like that especially if you're acting out of alignment with where your flagpole is headed all of a sudden you can realize shoot some i'm detouring right now and let me let me realign real quick and say i'm sorry and go forward towards Mm -hmm. you know that way of being Mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's it's been a, a long, arduous process of trying to find out who I am, what I'm here to do, et cetera, using psychedelics to try to answer some of those questions, mm-hmm. and then realizing that it's really the integration of the day-to-day experience with some of the aha moments or insensations that came with those experiences and trying to... Um, you know, create, recreate them in a sober, healthy, ongoing way that I can mm-hmm. uphold in a, in a day to day. Cause you're not, you're certainly not going to be getting high every single day. It's just not going to be healthy. Yeah. But, um, integrating every single day certainly mm-hmm. is, Yeah. Like living to where getting closer to that flagpole, like l- where you're living every day, day to day, 
kind of in that realm as much as you can be. It's interesting because you're like, you said that you'll have memories, like you'll have amnesia when we come here and have out this experience as a human and we forget. And part of me was like, yeah, how do you awaken that part of yourself that is that like that flagpole? Because it's like, if that's where our, like I think honestly, when you talk about you have that psychedelic experience or like a deep meditative experience and you reach this consciousness level at that flagpole level, it's like, okay, that's, I think, our true nature. That's like the soul. That's like no ego, not, I mean, like a lot. The ego is very quiet in that state and it's just consciousness and like that soulful energy. And it's like, ooh, if that's what we are, if that's like everything that, you know, is what will go with us after like the physical body dies, how do we awaken that in the day-to-day and then you said meditation and I was like oh that's right because when we come here and we live this human experience and we're distracted every day by bills and career and love and sex and food and all the things we get so wrapped up in the game and we're so distracted that you have to to get to that flagpole point you have to sit and quiet the mind and tune in and tap in with your breath to get to the center like you're talking about, to tap back into that almost like awareness of the where the flagpole self can get. It's like you have to sit and calm the mind. But I also started thinking... Yeah, there's no way you're going to be able to make good headway towards the flagpole if you're compass is constantly being led towards material things yeah you're so busy yeah if you're just you know being distracted by all the things that you mentioned yeah a lot of that is going to lead towards mm, growth of the aspects of the ego that are a deterrent towards moving in that Mm -hmm. direction things like greed lust envy and the rest of it that comes with some of the stuff that you mentioned so you know, the flagpole is out there towards like love, inclusion, and selflessness mm-hmm. that is, you know, antithetical to a lot of the materialistic stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's mostly like meditation will definitely keep you more um, aware of like where those like junctures are like, oh, okay, this is a point where I could either go with greed or I could go with charity. Um, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to that choice. So like, even if you're aware of it, the hard part really is still making that choice. And that's just sheer willpower. Mm -hmm. That's wanting to move in the right direction. And that's up to the individual. And I think that that meditation is going to give you the option. It's going to bring the menu up for you, right? It's going to go from being an automatic decision based on conditioning and social programming to a state of okay, now I have the choice between the two, it still needs to be um, chosen, you mm-hmm. know, um, in, the, in the right direction. And that's still up to the individual, even at that point, even with meditation. So I think that that like, core desire, um, you know, to do, to be, to act that way, to be, to walk that walk, that's really like where the average spiritual seeker um, tends to come from, to be honest, um, is like a, a root desire to move in that direction. Um, so usually that's when they start making 
those decisions in the right direction is once they've got the meditation to be able to give themselves the option. So most people tend to choose it in the right direction mm-hmm. um, once they're at that point. But yeah, it's meditation gives you the gives you the leeway to be able to mm-hmm. make the decision rather than being so overwhelmed by m- the material Maya that is very distracting and overwhelming and fun and amazing all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it can be... It can still be, you know, you know, it's still an illusion in a sense, and it's still all this like fun game that we're all playing. But you know, if it, it seems to me that as you're playing it, that it can still be that you are playing the game and still, you know, uh, embodying the positive attributes of like what the Bhagavad Gita would say are divine qualities, right? Things like you know, joy and giving and courage and um, leadership and honesty and these types of things are being presented as options within the illusion, right? It's just a matter of choosing them. And so even though we're still in Maya and that like only at super highly advanced stages do you start to see beyond it, even within the game, as long as, to me, it seems like as long as you're able to see beneath or through the veil like reading between the lines to be able to see oh here's another opportunity for me to be more honest or me to be more uh, righteous Mm -hmm. whatever it is um that is presented within the game the illusion so yeah the the meditation helps kind of bring into that stepped back broader overview awareness to be able to like see those menu options and then it takes that seeker mentality to be able to like try to be bettering yourself to choose the right thing to do and to say the right words and take the right actions um it all starts with those thoughts and being in in the mental game of like right okay so like which ideas am i going to choose here Mm -hmm. so that i'm walking towards my flagpole Mm mm-hmm I know. I love that analogy. So many things came up. Because first I was like, you said meditation can get you there, and I believe that too. And it posed the question of like, do you think you can get to a place where you have a belief system or a way of being that you don't even need to meditate? That you can, over time, just like say you have an experience meditative or just an experience that gets you to like a flagpole state of, whoa, my consciousness was so expanded. I want to get there again. And you just remind yourself through books, podcasts, whatever, that you embody it so much. And it's so in your mind that you're constantly questioning things as triggers come up and you're constantly just being like you fully embodied this state of being that puts you in this kind of flow state like do you think yeah you can get it's the without meditation? it's the reason that the fool and the world are both at the beginning and the end of the tarot it's because they're that's the cinch point right there that's why the fool is looking up towards the heavens and walking blindly because he's in a flow state and the world is on the other end of the tarot which is connecting that loop of it's this complete flow state like you hit it once you said flow state basically because it's seeing through it it's being in trust and walking through the illusion knowing it's an illusion and constantly just knowing that you're choosing the the steps that um need to be taken and it's that 
that phase that is less co-creator and more like um, the feeling of non-doing, which is a pretty heady concept that um, is basically, um, yeah, that you're like, you're just the instrument. Just being. Yeah, that the choice of what to do is so obvious that you're simply just carrying out the action, mm-hmm. less like coming up with this whole like ego maniacal mm-hmm. way of like, oh, I'm gonna like do all these things, and more along the lines of like that flow mm-hmm. state of like, okay, here's the obvious choice every mm-hmm. single time. I'm just gonna do them because it's so inherently mm-hmm. obvious and in in my face, mm-hmm. um, and in that way, and it's that's like the empty vessel that like a Christian would call mm-hmm. or that's, you know, the non-doer that mm-hmm. like, um, you know, some of the other Eastern religions would describe it as. Yeah. It's possible to get there for sure. You see it a lot in, <clears throat> you know, like, I don't know, flow state monks or like, you know, the uh, spinning dervishes. We all get there. Like, I feel like I get there Well, quite yeah, often. we're all going there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of where you're at on your path and how far away that is. Mm-hmm. Like it does, uh, like when you talked about that, I remember, or it reminds me of this book, The Surrender Experiment. I always talk about it. But it's like, and I remember this one spiritual coach told me, and I've said this a million times too, it's like the sun rises and the sun sets and the flowers bloom and the rainforests are made and the circle of life flows perfectly. And we think we're separate from that flow that we feel like we need to plan and control and have goals and work and it's supposed to be hard and money's supposed to be hard and you have to work and grind. It's like we've been like so like bombarded with this in society that it has to be hard and you have to go through it and like you have to know and learn and blah, 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 where it's like other people can just, like my mom, She I remember my mom said that she had this girl friend going up that like would just be like, yeah, I'm going to do that yeah, I'm going to do this. My mom was just like, how do you, how are you going to get the money? How are you going to do that? You don't have a job. She was just thinking about like all the logical ways of how it wouldn't work and that you know you have to have this and this. And she was just so trusting of like the universe of God that it would work out in her favor that she just didn't allow herself to get in the way. And the universe just aligned it. And I think we all experience that like coming here to get the bus, me going to Hawaii. Like, it happens in little examples where if you're supposed to do something or if you've had an idea of doing something and you just maybe put a little action towards it, the universe, if you just allow it, just flows completely to you. It seems like from that story, what I'm immediately taken to is the correlation between the dream state illusion Mm. and the waking state illusion. Now... In the dream state illusion, everything is belief-based, okay? So if you believe that the tiger that's chasing you is real and can kill you, you're going to be very scared and it's going to be very real for you. Now, the minute you start to believe that it can't, it dissolves, it goes away, it it ceases to exist. And in waking state, it's the same thing. So if you believe that you're going to have, you know, and I, and I don't mean like wishful thinking. I mean like truly in your truly being, deep belief. Know that this is for you. Yeah. And I've experienced this in lucid dreaming experimentation, where if I believe that I can walk through walls, I can. But any doubt mm-hmm. at all, and immediately stops that then. stops. So that seems to be the case in the waking world too. Now the issue is that beliefs are pretty hard to change. Well, actually, no, that's a belief. 
So actually beliefs can be quickly and easily changed. It's just a matter of how convinced you are, how much you actually believe that that belief is changed or can change. So it's all... That's fucking gold. Belief-based. Yeah, it's belief-based. Like that girl believed that, no, this is how it's done and I'm just going to yeah. believe this. This, mm-hmm. this can be great. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it works with parking spots for me. I believe that I'm going to get a great parking spot every single time and I really, really do. Um, and you, you know, you just see it in the difference between somebody who believes that nothing's going to work out and it doesn't and somebody who believes that everything's going to work out and it does. And it just happens so often and so obviously. So I think it's, I think all of that being said, you know, in the ways that you were talking about with like trusting and being in a flow state and yada, 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 it really to me boils down to a belief state of what do you actually believe? Because even if you're saying affirmations, but you don't believe them, you're not really doing the thing. If you are like trying to manifest something, but you don't believe it's going to happen, the energy is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like as deep as you can look beneath into your core of like truly where the emotion is, where the belief system is, that's what's being emanated out into the universe and either reciprocated or not. Hmm. Knowledge bomb. <laughs> Mic drop. Whoa. I should get like a soundboard where I can push a button. Just... People's minds exploding. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if, yeah. you know when you say that, people's minds exploding, it made me think about like your TikToks. And I'm like, oh, I can see when you get the idea for a TikTok, it's like a light bulb goes off. It's like something clicked. Like something like plugged in. Like it's just like a and it makes sense. And I'm like, oh, I, I get those all the times too. Like, I think we all have those moments. Oprah, she'll call them an aha moment of like, oh, fuck. And I remember Eckhart Tolle said this thing of like, when you have that happen, when you have someone speak something and it resonates with you and you get chills or you're just like, it hits the soul. They say that's not new information at a soul level what you that's ha- like what's happening in the body when it like awakens something in you is that that's our true core that's like our true state of being that's like what the soul knows that's what the law is in the universe like and when we hear people talk it just awakens that it rem- like that amnesia fades for a little bit and it's like oh it struck a chord within right and it's like oh, that's just our natural state of being and we're remembering a little bit. So it's not new, like, ooh, we just, new idea. Wow, I've never looked at it that way. It's, mm. yeah, you've had it in you the whole time. It just woke it a little part of you up. You want to hear a wild spin on that? Tell me. When I I heard someone interpret the healing power of Jesus was actually him going around and when he touched people, it was him reminding them that when they were chatting mm, on the chills. other side of you know, them being in lessons before they came to school earth, earth school, when he touched them down here, he was reminding them of the lesson that he had taught them already, which is, no, you heal yourself. Mm. So it wasn't him healing them. Mm. It was him reminding them that they can do it. Mm-hmm. I just got chills. So... That's like placebo effect 101, right? Mm-hmm. You can mind, body, control. And mm-hmm. again, if you believe that you can, mm-hmm. which is why they don't tell people wh- whether they got the placebo or mm-hmm. the drug because you have to believe that you might have gotten the mm-hmm. drug. So again, 
uh, yeah, belief systems run deep and, um, yeah, the illusion runs deep. Mm-hmm. It makes me think too, cause you mentioned near death experience and I forgot what we were talking about when you brought up, oh, that it was like familiar faces. Like meeting, yeah. yeah. I've heard that too, that like if someone, um, like with their time on earth was very religious, Mother Mary might come sure. greet them because it's going to be that sense right. of safety. Or like for me, I resonate at this moment in my life with a spirit guide. So I'm going to visualize a spirit guide coming or whatever. It's right. that same thing when, and I hear mediums talk about that too. It's like when spirits come, they'll present themselves as the body that they were in so that the family member can feel that connection. Whereas they're not actually that physical vessel on right. the other side. They're, they're just connected. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about also with near-death experiences is the thought of intention. They all talk about how they realize the power of just thought on the other side. That if they were on the other side and they're talking with the beings and they know that they have to go back, or if they're like, I want to go back, just the thought and the intention of wanting to go back and continuing to be human got them back in their body. They don't know how it happened. It just got them there. I've heard like this one woman said that she had a near-death experience and she wanted to see what her mom was doing. And just the thought of wanting to see what her mom was doing brought her exactly to see like her mom. And they always, I've like watched so many near-death experiences where it's like they come back with the understanding that thought and intention is like ridiculously important and it goes back it ties in with beliefs like it all ties into the same thing like if you can work on your belief systems and the thoughts that you have and your intention and you just focus like they say if you knew how important thought and intention was you'd never have a negative thought because you'd realize like how powerful it is and how much it can mess with you yeah that's just hit me strong today when i heard the I was watching the video about which school and they were talking about energy and intention and, and thoughts and I was just like yeah just it struck a deeper chord even though I you read it in all the books and all the videos and stuff it just hit so deep and I was like what do I want to create here what do I want to do while I'm here what, what kind of experience do I want to have like getting clear I think on what we want to experience and then just like again believing that it's going to be easy to have Yeah, I think most people tend to struggle with shifting the belief, like having it go from one thing that they don't want to a new thing that they do, you know, and that's where, you know, your mom's friend had already done that work and she was cruising, but your mom to try to get into that state would have taken a lot of work for her to like really shift a belief system. So I think that's that's where a lot of people falter is like trying to get from a to b on something like a lot of times like you were saying earlier like people think that it's hard work to make money because that's their belief system that they have around how money is produced in the material world now if they were able to shift that from a lack state or a hard work state to an abundance and ease state then they would experience the abundance in the ease state but it's the a to b that's really difficult for most mm-hmm. people and that's what they're mostly curious about i think at least that's what i was mostly curious about mm-hmm. am mostly curious mm-hmm. about so it's, it's it's, it's shifting the belief. And for me, like I see the woo woo right brain side of it, but I need the logical left brain side to line up with it for me to actually shift the belief. So I need to be able to see how 
they all work together for it to like pan out for me because otherwise I don't like actually believe. And I think a lot of people could probably commiserate with that. Um, see now, is what you just said by saying you need, you see the woo-woo side, but you need that logical part of your brain to make it happen. Is that a belief system that you have that's making you continue to have those two things? Because isn't that weird? It's like that's a belief. Um, that, yeah, but yeah. It's but also an observation. I'm I'm mostly observing uh, how. Do you like that about yourself that you have those aspects? I mean, it's something uh, you want to keep. Like, I don't, I don't know if I like or don't like it. I, I mostly just see that that's how it's worked for me, and so I'm just observing, observing yeah. that that seems to be the methodology that has worked for mm-hmm. me and that might work for others. Mm-hmm. That if I can reverse engineer the woo woo mm-hmm. to get to step one from step ten, mm-hmm. then bang, I can just take step mm-hmm. one and, and I know it's going to work in the end. Mm-hmm. But if I just see something that's woo-woo as step 10 and I don't see how it's going to even get there, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to have the belief structure in place for it to, for me to start taking steps and believe mm-hmm. that anything's going to happen. So I think for me, it's like, yeah, I tend to take, I don't know. And I think that that's, I think it's a healthy thing. Like I think that the Mm-hmm. Like not to be too generalized, but like that gender plays a big role, male, female, white and black, light and dark, etc. Um, as like a, a like a universal law, um, and um, that the woo woo is very female, that the uh, left brain is very male, and that like to that it can be. That's why you see a lot of women who blindly accept the woo woo, and that the men certainly are hard questioning all of it and i personally have lucked out in my karma to have a a body and a mindset and a a sense of balance between the two where i find myself quite in the middle um granted i'm still like you know a white straight male so you might not see it from the outside but that i still feel quite feminine even though i still have strong masculine so i think for me it's important uh, now, if somebody was maybe more female um, leaning, then they might be able to more easily believe without the reverse engineering. But maybe I'm just talking to somebody in the middle or the guys on the far other end of the spectrum where it's like, okay, if you don't quite believe, try to logically, scientifically break it down as to how this might be able to be possible. So for me, that was a lot of like, quantum mechanics, quantum entanglement, intention experiments, um, you know, the intention experiments. Yeah. So there's experiments with random number generators where people will intend there to be more ones or more zeros. And when they're in the room creating that intention, um, that is actually what happens and it's scientifically (laughs) shown. And so it's like stuff like that, that shows. And then also like the placebo effect is a big one. There's a lot of documented um, science on people with the deep-seated belief stuff where like, you know, they're like deep Catholic belief mm. in somebody. They have a broken hip. They believe that like certain like fountain water will heal them. They go in and they have mm. miraculous healings. Then they have another x-ray and all of a sudden the doctors are like WTF because wow. of this thing. So it 
is well documented and I need some of that hard evidence to be able to bring me up to speed with it. But then now that I've seen enough of that and that just took a lot of like reading and research um, for me personally and understanding the mechanics of consciousness, I needed to go down that road to be able to get on board. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people probably share that with me. A lot of Mm -hmm. men probably share Mm -hmm. that with me. Um, so that would be my advice is if you're struggling with it as a man or as a female who is maybe a little bit more male energetically leaning that, um, yeah, try the logic and science Mm -hmm. side and like dig into that and like it might help, uh, solidify some of the Mm -hmm. woo woo belief structures. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This conversation just makes me go like, wow, like are we really genuine? And like, I... It's funny because I've heard this and thought this many times, but at certain points in my life, it just hits me harder. Where I'm like, wow, I can really like anything with thought and belief and anything. You can just create whatever you want to create. Like when you talk about how someone believes that they can, they're healed by this specific water and then they go in and it's miraculously healed. Like it's like they did that with their belief that that would heal them. And I think about that with sage. You know, people say you sage to clear negative energy, but it's, I think you could be moving around a block of chocolate, but if you had the intention that that block of chocolate was clearing your space, then it would be clearing your space. And then you get to the point where you don't even need an object to do the thing. It's just your own energy and intention. Yeah, you end up quickly realizing down that train of thought that, the expansion of your mind is really at the root of That's all of this. Doing. Yeah, because at the end, your your mind's gonna go, "Oh, I cleared the space with my sage," but it's like, no, you cleared your space with the belief that you thought that the sage cleared your space. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what was really clearing the space? It was your energy and your belief? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's cool. You know, it makes me want to sit down and like write out, like, okay, page what do you want to create? Like, what do you want to experience? How do you want your life to look? And I think I all, I would always struggle because I'd want like five million different things. I'm like, I kind of want to experience this and I kind of want to have this lifestyle and I kind of want to do this and I kind of want to do that. I struggled a lot with that mm-hmm. too. I found that writing kind of helped, but you want to hear something wild? Yes. I heard recently that the best idea that your ego can come up with is equal to or slightly worse than the shittiest idea that your soul can come up with. Mm -hmm. So even your best idea is garbage (laughs) compared to surrendering to possibilities as they arise Mm. uh, from uh, your higher self. Now, it's difficult, though, to navigate what those look like and how to perceive those opportunities. It feels like to me that um, getting quiet, meditating, um, becoming the empty vessel and allowing some of those insights to come up and be less ego driven. And also just checking like, is that, what does, where does the root of this seem to stem from? Is this idea so that I'm fulfilling something that my mother wants? Or is this something that, you know, my ego wants, or is this something that I will prove my self-worth in some way or is this just coming from What's an that? evolution of my uh, soul in some capacity and so that's how I tend to see like 
okay, I've got 50 ideas. Which one do I think is um, in line with where, not only where the flagpoles are out there, but also, um, you know, where's, where's the root coming from? Who, whose idea is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it my mom's mind or my higher self? You mm-hmm. know, that kind of an idea. So that's a quick way to sort of filter some of that stuff. I fucking love that. <laughs> like so much. I remember we talked about that a little bit, I don't know, like a couple of days ago. And it's gold. That the best idea that you can come up with is like very mediocre compared to your higher self. Your yeah, soul. I forget who's. I think I saw it on TikTok or something. I love something it. like that. Yeah, it's gold. Mhm. I was. I'm getting kind of talked out. Can we wrap? Yes. I was thinking. I was like, to your point of what if like my desire. What do I? Is that in my highest point? Like, what's the root cause between or behind why I want to do that thing or experience that whatever? Like you said, um, is it for your mom or is it for blah, blah, It's like, yeah, you could have a desire. Like you mentioned the woods, not to like mess with this idea, but I'm like, oh, could wanting to live in the woods, that's like your best idea for yourself, but your guides are like, oh, that's coming from a place of blah, 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 blah. In actuality, he needs to go down this path because it's going to bring up this trigger, which is going to help this soul growth, which is going to help this blah, 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 blah. And then I think, does that make well, any sense? Yeah, it, even <laughs> if you go towards your best idea, you're likely to be detoured on the way by the best. Yeah, by, by that's the, true. It's fine. Yeah, even that if you go so towards true. your best idea, you're probably going to be shot put and detoured and changed along the way anyway. Um, well, thanks for the chit-chat. I'm talked out, but uh, this has been lovely. And thanks to all the listeners for staying to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tune in for more. We've been enjoying podcasting lately, and we'll keep them coming. I know. I like this. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Deuces. <laughs>